God's word today. We will turn to Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Amen. And now let us turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 to 49. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is the upright God. God is the upright God. God is the upright God. So for his name, for his name's sake, he guides, he leads along the right paths. As it says in Psalm chapter 23, verse 3, that for his name's sake, he leads us in uh, the paths of righteousness. Uh, he leads us along the right paths. And um, he also um, makes level and he makes straight uh, the paths so that we can make it to the Father's house. For God is upright, uh, he is the upright God, he will make straight the righteous path and make level the righteous path as it says in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 7. Um, so our faith is to believe our souls have been made righteous. I am righteous. So do you feel a little, uh, uh, so, so it's to believe uh, it's your spirit has been made righteous and which was done by faith. Uh, by faith, by believing in the works of Jesus, our spirits have been made righteous. And this is how we are made righteous. So, as we live uh, this world, in this world, we have set our final destination as the Father's house. So, um, in order to arrive at the Father's house, He helps us so that as He makes level, as He makes uh, straight uh, and smooth the path of righteousness, and as we are headed there to the Father's house, um, uh, we, we ought to pray uh, for that uh, so we can arrive there. And our faith life now is to go on the highway of the upright. As it says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 17, it says the highway of the upright avoids evil. Uh, other versions, it says it departs from evil. And if you do not depart from evil, then you cannot walk on the highway of the upright. Um, even if uh, there is persecution and uh, suffering and um, waiting, it is to finish this path uh, this way. 
and that is our faith life. That through pers um, persecution and suffering and persecution, it, it is to finish this path uh, no matter what. So we say that this um, path is made smooth, it is made level or straight. Uh, why is there suffering then is what you may be asking, but we have to uh, listen. And, and today uh, we are talking about righteousness um, and uh, it, it is what is right and wrong. And there are no points of compromise. And also this way, this path is very narrow and very difficult. And because not many go such way, it's very lonely. Um, it is the way of the cross and it is very difficult. And this is the way of the righteous, uh, the upright. And the Lord, uh, God, he will straighten and make uh, level this path so that it is walkable. So when we speak of a path or a way, there has had to be, have been a pioneer that first explored it and uh, made the path. Um, uh, and uh, it's through these paths, these ways, uh, these routes that have been um, created that we can arrive at a certain destination. So what's so amazing about civilization is that after God created the universe and all things, uh, humans received the blessings of God and this whole earth um, that did not have path well, now look look at it now. There are these ways, uh, these paths, these routes everywhere you look, and especially with the superpower nation, the United States, uh, you see all the highways, um, and uh, not only on the land but the transoceanic routes and even in the skies, um, uh, there are these routes for the air, uh, airplanes. So every path, every way, uh, leads to some destination. And if that destination is uh, a common for, then you can find a companion uh, who walks the same path and you can walk together. Uh, so with the same will and same heart, same destination, if you are walking together, then how joyful the rest of the journey is. And that's how the way, the path can be made level, be made smooth, is what it means. So now God placed Adam um, in the Garden of Eden, and there was nothing lacking there. Uh, it was very, it, every, it was very abundant environment, but there was a problem and that was uh, the serpent was there and um, he deceived the woman Eve uh, who took the fruit and ate it. And so because they committed sin, uh, because of the sin, they could no longer be in the garden and were therefore cast out. And as a result, they became slaves of the devil and uh, therefore following the devil to where he is headed. Um, they became uh, companions with the devil in this uh, sense. That uh, So that the devil leads the way of the people and the people follow the devil and, um, and it leads to death, it leads to hell. Um, so lately we've been talking, uh, um, there's been uh, news about what's happening in Turkey and Syria 
and there are so many things uh, that happened, and it's just so devastating. With the and we wonder how uh, how like it must have been. Um, but this is not the end. That there is an even scarier uh, place, uh, um, even scarier environment, which is the uh, the spiritual hell that awaits them after the time of the flesh. And it's hard thinking of this, and and it keeps you up at night. But so after man committed sin, they uh, f now uh, followed the devil, and and his path was to hell. And in Proverbs chapter 2.13, it says, Who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways? So they, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. So, um, so they are following the ways um, of the devil, the liar, and therefore headed to hell. And those who walk such way, such path, um, they are called the wicked. So when we talk about um, the wicked or evil, um, people think of it in moral or ethical terms. That if um, you cause goodness in the world, then you are considered righteous. But if uh, some sort of a detriment uh, or damage, then that's considered evil or wicked. But in uh, Psalms chapter 10, verse 4, uh, the Bible says um, that the wicked are those who do not have God in their thoughts. Those who say there is no God, um, they are the wicked. So there are uh, statistics that show uh, that that uh, majority that, that that there are people who know who seventy percent of uh, the people think that there you don't need to have a religion, um, and those seventy percent are in their thirties and forties, and they say there are no God. There's no God. And they deny the existence of God and of religions. And who are these people? They're the people who are doing well in society, who are traveling um, here and there, and who studying and have good backgrounds. Uh, but uh, bi biblically speaking, they are the wicked because they do not have God in their thoughts and in their lives. So uh, by faith, only by faith, only by faith uh, we have been made righteous. It was not by our own works um, or merits, but we somehow heard the gospel. We received it, and um, and we believed that we have. And by faith we have been made righteous. And even if we think we have been made righteous, we also have to examine ourselves because. Um, uh, there are those who's, uh, who uh, question, uh, as it says in Psalm chapter 73, 11, how would God know? Does God really know all? That God is who is upright and um, he is omniscient. So at all times and all moments, do you acknowledge that God knows all and sees all? Say amen if you do acknowledge. Sometimes you forget. Be honest with yourself. Sometimes you forget and you commit sin and then you realize you come back to your senses and say, I have to repent. So even such people who 
um, they are uh, considered wicked. And um, so to the Almighty and God, it, as it says in Job chapter 21, 15, those who do not pray are the wicked who question, will God really help me? So I don't think I need to pray. And I don't see the point in praying. They are also the wicked. And also in Job chapter 21, 14, um, those who have no desire to know the ways of the Lord, those who do not have any desire or want to know the truth uh, are also wicked. And then in Psalm chapter 36, verse 1, uh, the wicked are those who do not fear God. Those who do not revere God are also considered the wicked. So those who are not afraid of God's punishment, uh, his judgment, um, are not afraid of hell. That we always talk about hell uh, and it's just just some vague concept to you. If, if you have no such fearful heart, you're also considered wicked. And as we read in today's opening passage, and uh, those who are not uh, steadfast, uh, those who are not loyal or faithful, so if they are double-minded, and um, uh, today is like this and the next day is different, those who are like shaft, uh, blown away by the wind are also considered the wicked. So now raise your hand if now you think you're considered wicked. After we heard all this, um, you're trying to decide if you are considered wicked or not. So we are not talking of um, the morals of the world. So when we speak of God's uprightness, when we speak of a God who is upright, that there is nothing we can hide uh, from Him. If we have acknowledged that, then we should be self-conscious. Uh, that this should um, pierce our hearts. And also, uh, so for God to continue to allow this knowledge um, uh, he to His people, He gave them the law. And if they kept the law, they were considered righteous. And if they did not keep it, then they were wicked. In Deuteronomy chapter 25.1, it says that the innocent should be acquitted and the guilty should be condemned. That, um, that you should not walk in the path uh, as the wicked, as its result is destruction, uh, which they experienced. Uh, so to the people of Israel, God also gave the prophets and the prophets' role were like the watchmen. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 8 to 11. Ezekiel chapter 33. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways. That wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. So the wicked, as we just mentioned, is the one who did not keep the law. So it says, when I say to the wicked, you wicked person, uh, you will surely die. And uh, this is what it says here. 
and um, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin. And I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you warn the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, uh, though you yourself will be saved. So when we say wicked, wicked, when we look at the wicked who say, uh, there is no God, um, and do you need to go to church, and do you need to have faith? If there's such person who thinks that, that's a, a wicked person. And back in the days, if we saw such person like that, we would have to warn them that if you continue this, then you will die. But despite this effort, and if they refuse to listen, uh, that you've given them the warning to repent, but they refuse to listen, uh, you're absolved of that person's death. So in a sense, you will be spared if you listen. And this was the history of the Old Testament, that the righteous will be acquitted and the wicked will be condemned. If there was the wicked amongst you, then you need to warn them to lead them to repentance, to live and live. And even if he doesn't repent, then you yourself will be uh, saved. Now, the history of the Bible shows that God walks in the same path, in the same direction as uh, his people. Uh, so, in Genesis chapter 5, 24, it, um, it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it says, by faith, Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience death. And he disappeared. That he did not experience death. And he, um, so God took him. And it says, for, uh, he, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. So he was commended as one who pleased God. And don't you want to be like Enoch? So I pray every day, I want to be like Enoch. Because for Enoch, think about it, it, it was the resurrection to life. And there are people who didn't taste death and were brought to God. And um, But we see here that they are those who please God. They were considered righteous. And so even when he died, he did not experience death. He did not experience pain nor decay. Isn't this such a blessing? I want you guys to pray for this as well. Every day I pray for this as I'm a person who has zero pain tolerance. That I, I fear pain and I, I dread hell so so much as I can't take any pain and I really don't want to be there and that's why I'm praying every day that I want to be lifted up in my hallelujah and just uh, be taken um, and I ask you also pray for me to be lifted up like Enoch so Noah was also considered uh, righteous that um, um, that Noah he walked with God uh, that um, he believed in God's warning and obeyed his command to build the ark. 
And uh, after he completed this work, he and his family were spared from the great deluge. So Noah was one who walked with God. Um, also, there is David, who was considered righteous. So David, he was the son-in-law of King Saul, but his popularity uh, drove Saul to become jealous and drove him to attempt killing him with the spear. And uh, there were many moments he almost was killed. And of course, um, so he sees this king is out to get him, uh, out to kill him. And so he, he did develop this fear. Um, fear. Also, there was a time when Saul was in a cave and um, David cut off a corner of his robe. And so he could have been able to kill him. Um, but he cut off a corner of his robe and said, Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he is the Lord's anointed. So this is what David said to the king. So, O king, why are you so eager to kill me? I could, I could have killed you, but you are the anointed king of God, so I will not lay my hands on you. But why do you keep pursuing me? So the king heard this cry of David, and he also was brought to tears and even confessed that I was so wrong to you, but you did good to me, and you are truly a righteous man. So David was also accepted as a righteous man. Um, and uh, received the love of God until he died uh, as a man of righteousness. And so Hebrews chapter 11 speaks of uh, these people of faith. Um, so now the history of Israel shows how uh, the people, uh, despite this, uh, they became, because they were stiff-necked, um, they became wicked in their ways and uh, became very evil and went against the law. They brought their kingdom to ruins and destruction. And as history passed, um, there was a time where there were no prophets or revelation or um, they were not giving any sacrifices and that a period of time uh, was called the Dark Ages, also uh, known as the Middle Ages. So this dark era was about 400 years. And um, then there was in the desert, in the wilderness, who? It was John the Baptist. He was the voice of one calling in the wilderness. And what did this voice shout? It shouted to the people, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In Isaiah chapter 43, it says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So it's uh, the king's highway. It's the highway for God that he opened up. Uh, so there 
So he appeared before Jesus Christ, and this is what he proclaimed to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And, um, and uh, many people uh, came to him as he was conducting the baptism of repentance with water. So baptism of repentance with water. So at the river, he was giving the people the baptism of repentance through water and his attire and voice and appearance. So it was a time right after the Dark Ages um, and it was a time they were longing for a prophet to lead them the right path, the ways of the path of righteousness. And this is this man appeared and he said to repent. And so looking at his appearance and what he was saying and um, uh, they they considered him a prophet that was sent by God and so they went to him to get baptized um, so he sounded and looked like a prophet and so multitudes went to him to be baptized even the Sadducees and Pharisees went to John to get baptized but John rebuked them saying you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath produce fruit in keeping with repentance and he wanted to to understand what true repentance was and what this true repentance was. So who needs to repent? It was the sinners. And who are the sinners? Who is a sinner? It's those under the law uh, and the prophets that were sinners. So it's under the law and prophets that were sinners. So in the Old Testament, it, it was the time of the law and prophets. The function of the law and the prophets was um, because of sin. You had cost uh, to pay the price of sin, and that was death. But if you repent, then you will be saved. And this was the warning uh, that the prophets gave. Um, but the people did not listen, and they uh, did not acknowledge or confess their sins and but they just wanted to be baptized and thought it was something to like something on the checklist and that's why John said you brood of vipers you have to go through the procedure of repentance to experience uh, this repentance so and you will meet the true righteous one as he is coming behind me. So he paved the way, he introduced the way for our Lord Jesus Christ. So the one coming behind me, so he was talking about the one to follow him, the one to come, and said, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. The one who follows me has no blemish or sin and has nothing to do with sin and is God himself. He is the kingdom of heaven. So he introduced and um, he paved the path, the way of God, the king's highway. And, and it's uh, the path that John the Baptist was paving. And the one who would come through that path is Yeshua. And before the temple, he appeared and said, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. 
So this temple, if you think of that time, the people thought he was blasphemous and defiling. And uh, question, how could he say what, what God built would be destroyed? And this was just uh, blasphemous and he was deserving of death. He uh, didn't just say to destroy it, but that he would raise it up again in three days. So the temple of Jerusalem, the temple built by hands, what did it contain? It contained the name of Jehovah God and uh, the law. And when he declared to destroy the temple, it would be all the things. The law they were commanded to keep. And if they kept it, then the Lord would be walking with them. And we'll read this in scriptures uh, soon. So if Israel kept the law of Moses, then God would walk with them. But it wasn't Jehovah, the Lord God himself. Rather, it was an angel. So during the time of the law of Moses and in the Old Testament, wherever it says the Lord God, Jehovah, it was not God himself, but the angel of the Lord, as we've learned. So the Lord walked with those who kept the law. So those who kept the law were the righteous. So the righteous who walked the path would be, they would walk along with the angels. But now when he said, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days, it was Yeshua who came. And who is Yeshua? He is the Son of God. He is the one and only Son. He is God. And he came as the one and only Son. So he came as the only begotten Son. So there are new people here. So let us turn to John chapter 1. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So the Word, Word, Logos, is the self-manifestation of God, the self-revelation of God from before eternity. Before God created all things, before there was the universe, before there was any creation, before anything was, in the beginning, in eternity, there was the Word and is the self-manifestation of God, is the way in which God revealed himself to creation. So the Word was with God and the Word was God. So the Word is God. You, you cannot say that God is the Word, but the Word is God. Because God is not only the, the Word, uh, but um, as we've learned, uh, there's the Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the triune God. So the Word became flesh. He, the Son. So you can say that the Word is God but you cannot say God is the Word. So, and then verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. So the Word became flesh. God became flesh. So who is God? So God, uh, the Word who was with God, 
the word who was with God became flesh. So the word who was with God became flesh. So now when you see him, he is the one and only son. The word who was with God became flesh. So the word who was with God became flesh. He came in the flesh. And who is in the flesh is the word that was with God. So the only begotten son was the word who was together with God. So why are we emphasizing that the word was with God? Because in the Old Testament, Jehovah Lord said, if you keep the law, you will be considered righteous and uh, the Lord God will be with such people. But now that era has come to an end. Jesus was saying that I am here with you, not merely walking, but with you. So, so, so the word became flesh. And in Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. So she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Which means God with us. God with us. Us, Emmanuel, what Emmanuel means is God with us. That God is being with us humans. God with us. So now the word with God, the word who was with God, became flesh. And, and what Emmanuel means is God with us. God with us is what Emmanuel means. So when we see Jesus, who are we seeing? He is the one and only Son of God, and we also see the Word who was in the beginning. So the Word who was in the beginning, the Word was with God, and all things were created by Him. So therefore, He is the Creator God. So when we look at Yeshua, we see that God is with us, and we see God who is with us. We see the Creator who is with us. Amen. So it's not considering Him like the Creator, but He Himself is the Creator, God. Amen. Hallelujah. And therefore, during uh, His public ministry, He showed many signs and wonders. So unlike in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ, during his public ministry, every single day, it was not in the name Jehovah given by angels, but Jesus himself in the New Testament, um, and with his body, he, for he, now he came to, the, to do the work in the flesh, and that is why he came as man, as the one and only son, and as the son of man. So, the creator God, the one and only God, came because he needed the body uh, to die. And there was work that he needed to do in the flesh. And that is why he died on the cross. Amen. And now Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 21. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 21. Verse 21. 
set up road signs, put up guide posts, take note of the highway, the road that you take. Return, Virgin Israel, return to your towns. How long will you wander, unfaithful daughter Israel? The Lord will create a new thing on earth. The woman will return to the man. So this is um, a bit difficult, but so to Israel, God was declaring this, to set up road signs and put up guideposts. That he, that for them, he set up these road signs and put up these guideposts and to make landmarks and set your hearts toward the highway. So God said, set up these road signs and guideposts and set your hearts toward the highway. Uh, God, that God gave you a destination and is showing you the path. So do not turn away from that path and do not turn back because they couldn't keep that way. They backslid and um, and it says, the Lord will create a new thing on earth. The woman will return to the man. And then um, it says, how long will you wander, unfaithful daughter Israel? The Lord will create a new thing on earth. The woman will return to the son. And this is regarding Yeshua, who would come in the flesh. And now in Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, it says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was the husband to them. Declares the Lord, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So the prophets uh, throughout time uh, told them to repent and have been teaching them. In the past, they said um, that I took you by the hands and led you out of the land of Egypt. So I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. So what this, um, so this is the Lord God is joining hands with Israel. So they clasped each other's hands. So it's the idea of one plus one. There are two people. So the Lord God and the people of Israel hand in hand together. And uh, the Exodus happened in that way. And they came out of Egypt and so many miraculous signs and wonders. Despite that, however, uh, they did not keep the covenant. So God afterwards said, in the days to come, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts so they can never turn back and lose the way that they will never stray from this way or stray from this road is what it means here. So when God created man in this universe, he breathed into one the breath of life and he became a living being so that they would return to the Father's house. And this was his dispensation and his will. 
that he wanted the living being to live with him forever and ever. But in order to bring us back with him, he gave the law and prophets, which couldn't do it because uh, we are in the flesh and body. But there was a way to make the way, and that's the one that John the Baptist introduced. And uh, it's the word who became flesh. It is Jesus Christ who came. And from that point, what he will now set is the new covenant with us. And he's not going to force us or drag us against our will, but will plant in our hearts, it put in on their minds and in their hearts, uh, and so that we can walk the way of the path that will lead to the Father's house. Now Jesus said, I will go prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And what way and path? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He said, I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there are many ways. But there is only one way to the Father, and that is Jesus himself. So, so only through Jesus can we arrive at the Father's house. Uh, Jesus is the only way. So when we speak of the Father's house, so our spirits came from God. So when our flesh dies, our, uh, our spirits need to return to the Father God. So our flesh is made from the dust, and when the flesh dies, it returns to dust. But the spirit came from the breath of God, but uh, was unable to return to God because of sin. Uh, but, but now the spirit could be renewed, be cleansed, restored, and the dead spirit be brought back to life and brought to the Father's house. And for that, that is why Jesus came to as the way. So whenever he called his disciples, um, he said, follow me. What? Why did he say that? Because he is the way. He said, follow me because I am the way, the way that leads to the Father's house. And in Mark chapter 3, 13, he called his disciples to be with him. And for three years, uh, he had an entourage and was living with his disciples so they could know uh, him more and all the more have the desire to return back to the Father's house. And there were also crowds of people who were following him too. Um, so one time they had been in the desert, uh, the wilderness, for three days and there was nothing to eat and they were starving and while listening to what he had to say and uh, jesus asked his disciples if there was anything to eat and said uh, they had been starving uh, starving for three days and uh, they're following me and i don't want them to return back um famished and he had pity uh, he he had mercy on them 
So we see what happens next is that the, with five loaves and two fish, um, uh, 5,000 were fed. It says 5,000, but back then uh, they only counted the men of military age. So adding them all up, it was likely around 20,000 people. So if Jesus is with them, then they can have full stomachs even in the wilderness. So even in the this world, through storms, um, um, they were kept are kept safe, are protected, uh, fed, and taken care of um, if Jesus is with them. But the Pharisees, on the other hand, had a different perspective of Jesus. So Jesus was with the tax collectors. Uh, and the Pharisee said, How is it that your master is sharing a table with sinners? So he was with the Gentiles and uh, the sinners and prostitutes. So when you are with people like that, um, at that time it canceled out your their circumcision and um, it was uh, very defiling. But Jesus said, so that's why they asked, why is your master sharing a table with sinners? But Jesus said, so when you are with the bridegroom at a banquet, then this is when you should be rejoicing. That this is a time uh, that you should be happy and rejoicing. And how can you be fasting? that you should fast after the groom is taken away. That the fact that they are with him, how lucky they were to be spending time with him. And then he says something also very important in Matthew chapter 12. Um, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather, whoever does not gather with me scatters. So that is so it's it's important to be with Jesus, to be with God. So you say Jesus is good, and I believe that, but you're not with him. The important part here is that we have to be with Jesus. And that's what's important here. So Jesus stayed with his disciples for the three years of his public ministry. So uh, each had their own livelihoods and um, their hometowns. But um, they left uh, those places. They left their families to follow Jesus. And, uh, and instead, their families who wanted to see them had to come and uh, visit them. So we see how the brothers were introduced and we see how they were like wanderers. Uh, they left their houses. And uh, in Luke chapter 22, verse 28, it says, You are those who have stood by me in my trials. That you are those who have stood by me in my trials. So that, that when my kingdom come, that you may eat and drink at my table and uh, sit on thrones, hallelujah. So this is the reward promise to those who uh, are with him, that you will be heirs 
and you will also dine with the king at the king's table with Jesus. So those walking with Jesus are great, but they won't just be walking, but will be with him. And this was an upgrade of the promise that was given. But there was a disciple who sold Jesus, and when he was captured, uh, the disciples all fled. And as it says in the Bible, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. So all left. They heard about the promise, the reward of being with him. But uh, despite the fact, uh, this fact, when calamity struck, they all fled. Uh, but Jesus did not condemn them as it was all according to scripture as it was written strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered so so when he died on the cross what did he say he said it is finished he said he finished his way as the son of man that god came as man he completed the works of the son of man and as this was complete complete completed that's why he said, it is finished, and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So Jesus died according to the command of the Father, and, uh, and he completed this work to return to the embrace of the Father. And also through his death, he condemned the devil, the separator, and those who receive his blood are made righteous. Those who receive his blood into their spirit are made righteous. So if you have his blood, say amen. And it was by grace you heard the gospel, and by faith you became righteous. I am righteous. So now those who are made righteous, he allows us to walk the way of the righteous. So it does not finish uh, by just being made righteous, but now what we have in front of us is to walk this path. And this is the way that he opened for us. Amen. So he now has ascended to heaven and is seated on the throne. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And uh, who does the Holy Spirit come to? To those spirits who have been made righteous. If you receive, say amen. Now those who have received the Holy Spirit have hope. So what kind of hope? So there is the resurrection of the wicked and resurrection of the righteous and which will you choose and as it says in acts chapter 24 that there is a resurrection of the wicked and resurrection of the righteous that every person uh, if they are born uh, whether they believe or not uh, will die and after they die their spirit will resurrect and, and but there are two types of resurrection the resurrection of the righteous and resurrection of the wicked and which one do you want of course the resurrection of the righteous the resurrection to life amen and to those he will allow them to walk the path of righteousness and that is our purpose and that is our hope and and such people he calls to the church in acts chapter 20 acts 20 verse 28 Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. 
Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So how was the church formed? It was by those who have been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus that he shed and uh, gathered as the assembly um, that became the church. So now this is the assembly of the righteous. How did you become righteous? It's through the blood of Jesus that you were purchased. And, um, and so the church was purchased with the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit appoints the overseers that out of the righteous, um, the, he, the Holy Spirit will appoint one as the overseer amongst the righteous to lead the flock, uh, to bring the flock and lead them in this path of righteousness. Like who? Like me, the pastor. So we long and desire to walk this path of righteousness. This, and only through this path, this way, we can make it to the Father's house. As per Psalm chapter 20, 23, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that, um, that for his name's sake, he will guide us and lead us through right paths so that we can arrive at the Father's house to live with him forever. And this is the destination he set and people with such hope have gathered here as the church. So Paul was in ministry for three years and um, said after he leaves, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So there will be people who come like wolves, but also internally, also amongst us, there will be uh, those who do so externally, um, there will be influences and forces that come and to kill the flock, to take one more away from the flock. But also internally amongst the people in the church, there will also be those who deter us from reaching the final destination that will uh, hinder us from walking the right path to the destination. What is our purpose? It is eternal life and where it is in the Father's house. That we have to be clear uh, with our purpose and where we are headed. That he gave us landmarks and signposts and we have to know exactly where we are going. So when we start the day, even if um, you wake up and go to work, it's just the process of reaching our final destination. So the moment we open our eyes, we are to remind ourselves that we are headed homebound to the Father's house, that we are turning back home to our Father's house to enter eternal life. Hallelujah. And so this has to be clear. And this is our, our one and only hope. Amen. But there are going to be external forces saying things like, Is that this the only church? Uh, there are so many churches out there and it's just too extreme. Um, it's too much. Uh, so externally, uh, they, from outside, 
there they will be this influence um, who persecute and persecution and they're going to plant all sorts of doubt and hinder us from going the right path and Paul then said remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified so the word of grace the word of grace so Paul said I'm leaving and won't be able to see you but in you for the past three years I want the word that I preach to be living in you that that is going to lead you and to guide you to the very end amen hallelujah so it's the word of grace that I commit you to God and to the word of his grace and after that was said they all wept and said farewell to him so wherever Paul went, he spoke sincerely about what the truth was and, um, and his name and, and the word, and he preached about Jesus. And there were many souls brought to salvation and the gospel spread throughout Europe. So what is the reason why we have to do this? What's the reason we have to live for this salvation? because uh, in the end there will be judgment as we read in matthew chapter 13 um, once again the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish so this is um the church uh, we are like the fish that were caught in the net um so i was in front of how many supermarket supermarket and caught in this net and do you think, is it unfortunate that we got caught in this net and everyone is here in this church? And you'd say, at first they were so nice and they took care of me and I did agree to come and that's how I got stuck here. Well, you are here in the church. So just like we're in a net full of fish. So this net um, was uh, full of fish and it was brought to shore but um, it says uh, they will separate the good fish and the bad fish that these will be separated so the good are put into baskets but the bad will be thrown away it will be thrown into the fire where so even amongst the assembly of the righteous, there will be those who go to hell. So even if you come to church and have given worship here, there will be amongst us those who go to hell. These are not my words. Look closely here. So this is the assembly of the righteous, as we read in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Um, so they are in the assembly of the righteous. So the church is the assembly of the righteous, but we have to make it back to the assembly of the righteous in heaven. Um, that we have to finish this road, finish this way of the righteous to make it to heaven, the assembly of righteous there. So Psalm chapter 1 verse 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, 
but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Uh, so this is about the righteous. But then, when we jump to four, not so the wicked. They are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So we talked about the wicked. Who are the wicked? Those unbelievers, those who do not believe. Of course they are the wicked. Those who do not believe in God, uh, who, uh, even if they live morally upright, they are considered wicked according to the Bible, um, as they do not believe in God. So the next in the wicked category are those who are among the righteous, who are in this assembly of the righteous, but if they continue to live like the wicked and still think wickedly, uh, they question and doubt that God sees and knows all, and they fail to be upright and deceive themselves, they are also wicked. So those who say, what's the point of serving the Almighty? What is the point of praying? Those who do not seek the truth, those who do not fear God or revere God, those who are not afraid of hell, those who are not faithful, who are like chaff, blown away by the wind, are the wicked. So if this is you, then you have to repent. Amen. So what it means to repent is that you turn your path around, you change direction and go the other way. Amen. And that path is narrow and it's difficult. But the final destination is eternal life. So why is it narrow? So meaning that not many people make it. That the multitude does not go, but only the very few. As Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's only the very few who will make it there. And we must, because if not, it will be the fire. It will be hell. Even if we are among the assembly of the righteous, we may end up in hell. And other churches do not talk about this, and they only say you believe in Jesus, uh, you and become a good person. And that's, but this is a narrow path. In Matthew chapter 5, 10, it said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. So what is righteousness? Jesus Christ is the righteousness. His words are righteous, and he is the righteous one. And because of him, for him, if we are persecuted and we suffer, then we ought to be glad because the kingdom of heaven is ours. Great is your reward in heaven. And that is the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous is not welcomed by the multitudes. It's not popular. It, it, and there are only few, and it's lonely. So the first time I received this word, I accepted it as the truth. And um, so when I came to America as a missionary, I would um, move back and forth uh, from Korea to America. And my husband uh, promised the pastor that there will be months of rotation because of the kids that will come. And so this was the agreement uh, uh, 
that was made. And and so I was uh, beaten here, and during those episodes, I uh, when I had to go back to Korea. So I remember one time that um, there was a uh, I was at the airport in Alaska um, on my way to Korea, and there was a and it was early morning, and I sang the hymnal. Uh, so along the road of life, I have a friend divine who walks with me and gently leads the way. He gives me joy and makes the darkest night to shine. It is my Lord who won my heart one day. So I was sitting at the airport um, and I asked myself, why am I alone on uh, here? Um, the fact, why am I walking this path? The fact is, he found me and he called me. By grace, he called me. And by grace, he has given me an understanding of the gospel and experienced the truth. And he showed me and gave me the faith in eternal life and in the kingdom of uh, God are before me. And even if the way there is lonely and there are persecutions and suffering and temptations, I resolve to finish this path. And, and to this day, I'm here. So the upright God will make level the path. So the upright God, he was going to make level. He will straighten the path for the righteous. It, does that mean he is going to expand and pave it like highways and make it really easy to go without any difficulties? No, that's not what he meant. But rather, he will give us companions, comrades. Of course, he will be there with us, but also there will be those who share the same heart, same will, companions, disciples. There will be friends who will walk together with us. So when he makes the path level and straight, it does not mean that there will be no suffering. But what it means is that even though there is suffering, because we have our companions, these comrades, those who go together with us, we will be able to overcome and uh, do this joyfully. So when I look at our congregation, I see all our saints who are serving one another and uniting together. But what I really want to encourage and recommend is to talk about the word and grace. The word of grace, like what Paul said, I commit to you God and the word of his grace to may the word delivered to you become grace that it will become the strength that leads you to the final destination that will give you strength may it be strength to you so after the sermon's finished don't just listen and say amen and that's it but i encourage you to share what you've heard and received um, in your groups uh, so in the same heart together with the word of grace that that so that when you share this you reassure yourselves that you are heading on this path in joy and gladness so in your house and with your spouse share amongst yourselves 
talking about the word of grace, you and when you share, you will experience joy and happiness. The moment you share this word of grace, everyone, you will be filled with joy and you will look so lovely. And this is what, so this path, this way that we walk must also will be in with the word of grace uh, and as it moves us and it, uh, it the words of grace are engraved in our hearts and our minds and with the word that is now in motion and is active it will bring us um, this to this path to walk this way of the righteous so that we can finish let us pray <laughs>